a Podcast One production. Hi, I'm Nat Kringudis. And I'm Cecilia Ramsdale. Welcome to The Wellness Collective, a podcast where we invite you to be part of our wellness community to share, learn and live better. Thank you for joining us for another episode of The Wellness Collective. Hello, Nat. Hello. Hey, um, what's your personality? <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> No. What do you mean by that? Well, today we are going to actually have a look at what our personalities are. Hopefully I can say the word. And um, learn a little bit about ourselves and learn about what knowing more about ourselves and our personality can help us with in work and in life and in our relationships with people, which is a bit mind-blowing. I know, right? I actually had an epiphany this week or last week, whenever it was. I had a a meltdown first. That often (laughs) happens, right? Yes. Lose it. You know, it's all bad. Mm. It's, you know, I'm going to go and just sit by the river and cry my eyes out, one of those. Yep. Um, No, I had this realisation that, I mean, there's a lot of balls in the air and I drop a lot of them as well and I'll be the first to say, yep, that's what I do. Mm. Um, But it was this moment of thinking the things that I am not good at are the things I don't find fun and why the heck am I doing those things? <laughs> don't you love and, those lo- yeah, light bulb moments? Yeah, and there's someone that can actually do it, that loves it, that can do it better than I can. Well, I think we assume, don't we, that everybody likes the things we like, mm. um, probably a little bit naively. And so I guess for you, having people that work with you in your clinic and stuff and to help you with everything else that goes on in Nat Kringudis Mm. land, you must realise when you actually step back and look at it that their skill sets are a little bit different to yours. this came on the back of me putting out an ad on Instagram for a PA, Mm. right? So I looked at what do I need, what am I good at, and how can I have someone slot in and do the things that I'm not good at? And it was very interesting because I asked the question on Instagram, I gave them very clear instructions to send an email that had PA in the title. They then had to answer three questions, one being are you a person that um, thrives on something that's systematic or do you use intuition? Uh-huh. Um, the other was are you a starter or a finisher? Uh-huh. And the third was um, how do you rate your ability to cope with stress? Wow. Can I tell you how many people could not stick to that brief, which <laughs> I couldn't either. So I get this, but that's not what I was looking for. So, so to get across the first line, you had to actually do what the question was. Um, yeah, Answer. I didn't want to hear about the cats and how they got in the way and, you know, like I'm trying to type this email, but I've got children and blah, blah, blah. No, I don't want to hear any of that. Mm-hmm. No offence to anyone that applied and did that. But it was really, really interesting because yeah. I know I would probably elaborate and want to talk and, you know, sell myself and I didn't want that. I, I just wanted the little person, not little person, the quiet little person. It's not the big, you know, voice to fit in what mm, I needed. So mm. anyway, that's how I came to this conclusion. Um, and it was very, very interesting to learn. But I am the person. I am the starter. I need a finisher, you know. Yeah. I am the one that uses intuition. I need someone that is really great with strategy. So, yeah, it's been interesting. I think, though, our guest today, hello, welcome to the studio. Hi. Please introduce yourself. Uh, my name's Kelly McGowan. I'm a career and executive coach. I'm also trained in a number of tools, one of which is the Myers-Briggs Personality Type Indicator, which is a, a tool for looking at our preferences around um, how we 
get our energy, how we take in information, how we make decisions and, and how we like to order our world. Now, do you like what you've just heard, that you've changed Nat's approach to everything in just one week? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it mine. Happens. <laughs> it happens. So a little <laughs> bit of background. So um, Kelly approached me after you had just, you, you just did a refresher course in this, didn't you? And you were did feeling you? very invigorated. I was. And you called me and were like, I think we need to do this. And I said, absolutely, let's do it. Because I think a lot of us might have gone through this personality testing idea way back when, maybe in a an early job or perhaps at school even. Mm -hmm. I remember doing it at school and I I seem to remember something about I was um, a librarian would have been a good job for me. So I'm not sure whether that was really... You couldn't be a librarian. (laughs) What? You would get in trouble for talking in the library if you were a librarian. Be a noisy library. I'm pretty sure you talk for a living. Mm. 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 Yeah, okay. So I I was a long time ago. (laughs) But the point is... Uh, you suggested we do this now and see what the results are and, and so much can lead out of it. So we got together, we did the test. Sorry, it's not a test, it's an assessment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so a lot of those, um, say the assessments or tests you did at high school or university, and this is the difference between some of the tools, are they are like a trait measuring instrument and how effective they are is questionable often mm-hmm. um, because like you, I did some of those and um, they sort of try to measure how much or how little you have a particular trait, whether it's agreeableness or or so on. Whereas type is a bit different because it's a it's a type measuring tool and it's a dichotomy and it's not saying that you have enough or too much or not enough. It's just looking at those four areas I mentioned and what your preference is. And I think it's a much more empowering tool for people rather than a lot of, you know, look at school, everything, nap plan, it's it's all testing people, isn't it? Trying It's a bell curve and how much or how little you were trying to sort of classify people rather than say, this is who you are, that's fantastic, what are your gifts, who out there needs someone like you? And I think it's a much better way of looking at our personalities. So this is interesting because I think what it, and, you know, again, it wasn't necessarily... It's just information in a different way, but mm. it's it prompted me definitely to look at um, what where where am I in my best? Where am I living my best self? Yes. Where am I able to? And when I'm doing that, I'm operating in a space that just flows. Mm. It works easily. But it's really true, you know, like what you said before, Cecilia. There are people out there that love to do what I don't love to do, and we find that really <laughs> I find that mm, really mind blowing that mm. someone would actually love to map out a strategy <laughs> and follow that through and have the detail. And this is the where detail. I'm like, oh my gosh, this <laughs> is and this, worse. it's amazing because this is where we get an appreciation of. Um, Type's a wonderful tool for increasing your own self-awareness around your own preferred behaviours, but then it also enables you to look with different lenses at all those other people around you and appreciate their gifts and talents because often we like people who are like us mm. and, we, you know, that birds of a feather flock together so we get a lot of group think and we hang around people like us so we sort of see the world with that one lens, forgetting that there's a multitude of lenses, there's actually 16 types and it's based on Carl Jung's theory of um, personality types, which was later developed by Isabel Myers and Catherine Briggs. So it's 100 years old. Um, There's neuroscience that maps, you know, that shows how the brain responds, which correlates with the type preferences. So it's amazing. I think just it's a simple tool that really opens your eyes up to who you are, but also gives you a wonderful appreciation of those around you. Mm. Mm. So take a step back for a moment. So the assessment that we did was a Myers-Briggs assessment. Per, yeah, personality yeah, type pers- indicator. Yes. I love it. Personality type indicator sounds very um, 
Well, no, scary, doesn't it? But as you say, there's 16 types of personalities that you can uh, fall into Mm -hmm. within this assessment. And as you say, I went through and and once I got my assessment, I don't think it was any surprise to you, the one that I came out as. And we'll go through what the types are so to to get you thinking about it in a bit more depth. But um, when you do look at the other ones, you're like, oh my goodness, I do know someone that has those traits. Mm. And I can't believe that people think that way. Or gee, my mum always thinks this way, or my husband thinks this way. And I've always found it baffling that they would approach it that way. Mm. But it's, as you say, it's to give it that bit of clarity Mm. where you go, okay, so no, I'm not crazy. And they're not crazy. They, their brain actually just looks at a situation. Mm -hmm in a different way. It is. It's so how they get their energy is different to you, how they take in information is different, how they make decisions, how they like to order their world. There's no right or wrong and often we are really quick, aren't we, to say our way is best and it's mm-hmm. like, no, actually there's lots of ways that can be done and they're all, all equally valid. The difference with type two, just to explain, type is your innate preferences. So that's what you're born with. So, you know, you're left or right-handed um, and it's you can use the other hand So you'll leverage both sides of the dichotomy, but one will be your innate preference. So it doesn't mean you, if you're extroverted, you don't like time alone, you're not introverted, you don't like introverted time as well. It's just saying that you like your preferences around being around people, you get your energy from the external world, not that you don't like time alone and vice versa. It doesn't mean introverts um, don't like to operate in the external world. They do like to be around people and, and that kind of thing, so... So interesting. I found it really interesting. I loved it. And I, like I said, I've done several different types of these before and they all are different. They are. They're measured. They're, well, some are, as I said, some are trait measuring mm. tools. So type is your innate preference, but life happens. So um, your how you're raised in terms of your family, your culture, um, that will determine your values. It will also determine your sort of personal characteristics and attributes and other traits that evolve through your study, through just general life experience, what you've experienced, whether it's grief or travel or so there's so many layers that then come on top of type so it's mm. it's, it's sort of the, at the center of it all but there's lots of things that go around which can also make it confusing for people because they think oh well there's 16 preferences and you're trying to say uh, it's like a star sign and you slot into one or the other and it's like no no it's not like that you're you are who you are you're your unique person but in these four areas these are your preferences and this is how you prefer to operate. This is where your strengths lie rather than, um, like Nat was sort of highlighting, um, if you're very detail-centric and you love the detail, um, then it's going to be uncomfortable if you're in a role in an advertising agency where it's always big picture vision, selling possibilities, putting putting bits together and you're someone who's an actuary and likes the systematic approach, likes all the numbers and the information, it has to be sequential. If you put if you swap those people around, gee, it's gonna be really, really mm. hard work. <laughs> totally. Totally. So this Everybody. is not I mean, this is applicable to every area of your life. Correct. Obviously, yeah. I was really keen to talk about it in the workplace because I think yes. so many people are I see in the clinic not living out their best self mm. um, uh, in jobs that they loathe. Yes. The number one line I hear is just get me pregnant so I can leave. <laughs> and I will say it's not gonna happen until you, need you that leave. On a t-shirt. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> this this is so common. I mean, I probably once a day I have yeah. someone say that to me. Mm. Just get me pregnant so I can leave. It's like we well, that's not going to actually happen. But I would I mean, I see maybe I'm my audience or the people that I'm seeing is a 
not a true indication of the rest of the public, but it feels to me that a lot of people are unhappy in their workplace. Mm. Maybe they're unhappy in their life as well and that spills into that. But how can we start to use this to um, help us work out, you know, where we best fit and how we can start to, no matter what, Mm -hmm. be able to translate that into our our working lives? Sure. So, I mean, my view is you're at work for a big chunk of your life. So the choice is, do you want to make the most of that or do you want to spend those days wishing you were somewhere else or doing something else? Um, so it's really, it's our choice how, how much we choose to to get out of uh, our time at work. The reality is most of us are going to have to work till we're 65, 70. Don't mm, let's keep changing it. They do. Um, so the interesting thing with people being unhappy in their jobs is if you ask them, so what would happiness look like at work? What would it look and feel mm. like? And a lot of people can't articulate that. Mm. So we're so busy saying what we don't like that we don't dedicate enough time to thinking, well, what would that look like? What do I love doing? What are my skills and gifts? Where, where, do, where do I add the most value and get the most happiness? What kind of people do I like to be around? Um, so even just having some of those, giving yourself time and allowing time to actually sit and reflect and document those kind of questions is really empowering for people because no one tells you at work, do they, to stop and think about what you really love doing and and, and how you could be happier Mm. there. So I think that's the first step is actually identifying, even if it's quite vague, what what being happy at work would look like for you, thinking about your skills, what kind of skills would you be using, what kind of people would you like to be surrounded by, what would challenges look like because that's also having worked in, in a recruitment in HR for years, Everyone says they want a challenge, but very few people can articulate what challenges look like for them because it's a very personal thing. What what I consider a challenge would be very different to what, um, you know, Cecilia or Nat, you, you guys would mm. um, consider a challenge. So I think it's just giving ourselves time and permission to, to answer those questions and to, and to write it down. Well, I think it's very confronting to write it those things down, isn't it? It is very confronting, isn't it? It is because then you, have, you might have to commit to it. So it's easier just to sort of say it's all too hard. I just want it all to fall into place just like we all want to win Tats Lotto. That'll solve all our financial problems. Um, if we could just get that good job, it would solve everything. And and that's not really the reality. And really, we've got a choice and it's up to you how much you want to commit to changing that. Mm. Mm. So, yeah, I think um, there are a lot of people that would... Uh, and m- me, myself, I, I thought this year I'd love to go back to uni. Mm. But that is just like opening a Pandora's box. Yeah, and a lot of people rush into study again as the answer. That that program will fix everything. Mm. And it's like, well, again, why, what's the outcome you want of that program? Have you thought about what you want it to look like? What kind of jobs would you be doing? What kind of people would you be working with? So imagining the, that end of that course before you start the course is often a good indicator because a lot of people drop out of programs. Mm. But their, their dream of what it will achieve is different to the reality. Okay, so getting back to my personality type yeah. then, <laughs> the idea of thinking a couple of years down the track and what the potential job might be at the end of that and the people that I could be working with, that is way too hard. Mm-hmm. I need to go and find that person that you're employing to get that end goal, write it down for me, I'll read it and then I'll have a look at that. <laughs> have you, um, are you happy for me to share your Yes, type? I was going to say. We had the same type. <laughs> yes. We did. Okay, so let's just take a quick break. And when we come back, we will discuss what our same type out of the 16 types that are available, (laughs) we're the same. And uh, we'll come back and have a look at that and what the the four elements of that type is. And you might find it kind of amusing. We're chatting with Kelly McGowan about how to be happier, well, in life, but especially at work. (laughs) And getting to know yourself as part of that 
process, the yeah. biggest part of that process, I think. So a couple of weeks ago, we didn't know ourselves. We didn't know our personalities. <laughs> and then Kelly came along and she said, come with me. I'm going to send you this assessment via my virtual PA. Let's just mm-hmm. point it out. Okay. So, you know, there we go. There's a little bit about your personality. And so we we did the assessment and then we spent oh, about an hour and a half having cups of tea and discussing the results. And lo and behold... We did the assessment separately and we have exactly the same personality type out of the 16 personality types that are available. So please, Which Kelly. is why we need someone to organise us. <laughs> I actually think we don't do too badly. We do okay. We, we, you know what? what? And this came through. We get it done in the end. <laughs> yes. In the end, <laughs> under a bit of time pressure. Yes. Okay, so Kelly, please share um, with us what our personality type is and then what that actually means. Break it down. Okay, so... Both of you came out as an ENFP. Okay. So E... <laughs> it's not a problem with our eyes or our ears either. No. <laughs> no. ENT. E- it's no, like no. too many... Yeah. Anyway, sorry yeah. to cut you off. And no, e- no, it's okay. ENFP. ENFP. <laughs> so the extroversion and the introversion... So Jung coined the term extroversion and um, obviously it's been used, you know, 100 years later. It's still... And some of... Actually, a lot of his language is, is used quite, yeah, quite common is. language these days. Um, so extroversion is you get your energy from the external world. So you don't necessarily have to be really gregarious and um, you can be a quiet extrovert, but you like being around people. Your preference is to have to be involved in the external world, whereas an introvert gets their energy from their internal world. So inside their head, all the action is happening, happening inside. Mm. So they're energised by time alone to think about all these amazing things that are going through their head. And there's a lovely quote, if you don't know what an extrovert's thinking, you weren't listening. (laughs) Uh, If you don't know what an introvert's thinking, you haven't asked. So introverts often like to be asked, um, even just in terms of how they extrovert. Extroverts, you see their behaviours, even their body language. So extroverts take up the world. You know, they use hands, they use gestures, they're everywhere. So their voice and their body is extroverting in the external world. Whereas an introvert's likely to be more contained and not even, it was interesting when I was doing a training program, a group of introverts said they even find the act of raising their hands they, they dislike that because, again, uncomfortable. That's, that's uncomfortable because mm. they're extroverting themselves. Um, so think about schools, how, how much we, you know, damage the poor introverts, making <laughs> them do things that they don't want to do. Um, so that's where you get your energy. So both of you came out as extroverts. I love that idea, though, that it's where you get your energy mm. yeah. and that it's, it's, it's not about um, needing to be the centre of attention or needing to be, you know, over there in the corner, not talking to anybody. It's not about that. It's no. about how you process your thoughts and how you make sense of the world. Yes. And I love this idea of, of talking to yourself and verbalising things as my poor husband. Hello. Well, an extrovert <laughs> often will need to talk through it to get to the answers, whereas an yeah. Introvert will will process it internally. Yeah. So when you tell you know again students off at, at school for talking, you're sort of interrupting their thought process because that's how they're coming to the well, solutions that's right. often. Yeah. Um, so introverts, you know, it's a misnomer to introverts are shy. That's not necessarily uh, that's like more of a personal characteristic rather than it's got to do with type. Um, so remember, you'll leverage both. We're, we are born playing around with all the preferences quite happily. Mm -hmm. Um, It starts to change as you get older in in sort of primary school. Um, So, again, we use both, like the left and right hand. It's just where where are you more comfortable. Introverts can often present as extroverts. So sometimes someone will say they're an introvert and you might be quite shocked because they're very extroverted in, you know, they might be in theatre or radio or... um, just fantastic. Sometimes they're just amazing trainers and presenters. So they put on the show, but then when the show's done, curtain goes down, they need to go and recover. 
Mm. Yes, they need to they need to reboot. Um, whereas the extrovert can just keep going. Um, so it's really just being mindful of how. Um, how how people yeah where they get their energy and, and sometimes we can take offence or think oh they're they're not um, interested in what I'm saying it's like it's all they are they're just because they're not say mm. you're an extrovert you're not getting the visual clues you expect mm. you're just thinking they're not engaged so um, do introverts understand introverts better and extroverts is that too basic uh, I think it's I think it, again it becomes on a person individual by mm. individual basis and it comes back to so types of self-awareness tools so it depends on your level of self-awareness and how much I guess training you've had and uh, around people yeah and, and yeah how, how well, even you knowing it is a good thing yeah exactly so, okay and then we've got how you gather information so how you make gather information in the world so this is the n out this of the, the enfp yeah so you both came up as an <coughs> n so you, you're more of intuitive types so intuitive types gather information in more of a a scattered approach. They're very. It's they look for patterns and um, possibilities, whereas a sensing type gathers information. Think of the five senses: sight, sound, touch. They like to see it to believe it. Whereas an intuitive type, it doesn't matter if it exists or not. If they've seen it and imagined it, 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 it can it be can done. Happen. It's yep. a possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas a sensing type will prefer to have an example and to have more data and detail to back that up. And we're saying if you think of the world with, you know, signage everywhere, street signs, manuals, processes. So a lot of people and a lot of us do like, we we need the sensing. We need to know what the rules are and what the process is. And um, and sometimes I'm, I'm an in and being a big picture can be, I miss the details, mm. which can also be quite um, yep. why I have a virtual PA who um, <laughs> has an S and a J. Um so to, to account for my natural preference is to go for the, the possibilities and the big picture, and I miss a lot. Mm. Um, I guess, not? too, you can't take on everything, can you? You can't. So, But it's knowing when I need to be more mindful to focus and to, it's going to be more uncomfortable, but to read the fine print and, you know, to fill in forms is, like, painful, but oh, yeah. isn't it? It's awful. <laughs> yes. I could pay someone to do that. Uh-huh. Um, but I make mistakes and miss things. So it's being mm. aware of our strengths and thinking, okay, in those times I either need to be really focused or give it to someone else mm. and know that it's not my Well, so my that's what strength. I mean. I don't find that fun, so surely no. someone else can do that Correct. for me. Correct. And, and they will enjoy it. And yes. they will like they will like completing mm. and they will make sure it's all right. Mm. Um so that's how you gather information. And then you've got how you make decisions. So, again, you're going to leverage both. You're going to be bouncing around, but you're going to have a preference for thinking or feeling. And thinking doesn't mean that you don't feel and feeling doesn't mean you don't think. What it means is when it comes to a situation, a thinking person will be more inclined to make decisions using logic. It's a, it's a logical approach mm-hmm. and you can probably even hear it in their language. That makes sense. That's logical. Oh, yes, yep. Um, and a feeling... Um, preference will make decisions based more on values, keeping the harmony, the needs of every each individual. Whereas a, a thinking person will still consider everyone, but they'll consider everyone, not each individual. So the feeling preference is actually quite dominant in women. So there's uh, research that says it's sort of between sixty and seventy percent of women will make decisions using a feeling preference. So women's intuition is is truly a thing. Well, more valuing the individual and the needs of each individual. So more being concerned with values and harmonising, whether it's a workplace or at home, um, rather than it's this is the logical approach. So again, yeah. we'll, women will use logic, but ultimately the decider will most likely be the feeling function will. Mm. Make the decision. Yeah, so true. Yeah, oh my goodness. Are you having so, the ooga boogers right now? <laughs> no, I already know that that's 
what we are. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're very <laughs> open to saying going to Nat's office, you can see the F, like you, you cater for all types, but you can see the F everywhere. <laughs> that know? sounds wrong. I know, right? It's feeling function, though. She's got lots of <laughs> lots of colour and, ah, and positive images yes. and love hearts and imagery. So it's very, it's a very... You know, warm and welcoming. Warm and welcoming. Mm. Yeah, it's it's very much. It's really funny. People say that to me all the time, and I never know what it is that they are referring to, or or you know, experiencing. Because it's because you just do right. That. Exactly. Yeah. Totally. Mm. Um, but I think that's very interesting. I had someone yesterday actually that said to me, "Oh, I heard you speak four years ago. You're very engaging." And I said, "What does that even mean? I don't even know what I do that makes it." So it's the same thing. Mm. It's like we can't necessarily know these things about ourselves. I would love to know yeah. so that I can then be aware and then use. Those, that information and my strengths to yes. be able to come through with the goods rather than something that's not. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Exactly. So, and it's not, there's, as I said, it's, it's knowing sometimes you're going to have to be uncomfortable and say use the thinking function and it's knowing when I, I need to use that or I need to ha- talk to someone who's that is their, their strength mm-hmm. to get another. Remember, we're looking at different perspectives mm. rather than me just deciding I've got all the answers. Um, and feeling people making decisions can be quite forthright and aggressive in that too because it's aligned with their values. So we also have this misnomer that feeling um, preference people are really kind and gentle. Hey, you can be as tough as everyone else, you know. Mm. You, <laughs> yeah, but if totally. you believe in if that's going to compromise so, your values, you're not going yeah, to. Yeah, where it's um, coming from is in a yeah, different place. It yeah. is. So it's about, yeah, very values um very values based. So sometimes you think of the thinking of the tough people. Well, the feeling people can be just as tough if it's something that's important to them. This one's really Don't interesting too because yeah. I think we were talking about the fact that um, there's uh, logic and facts mm-hmm. is one of the things that thinking people need to to sort of you know yeah. to get to the process of assessing whether something's right or not. Whereas the feeling is more, yeah, I think this is right and, and trusting. And I feel it. So you even hear it in people's language. I feel that that's the right thing to do. What do mm. you feel? Whereas thinking people will say, what do you think? See, I, I know that I'm particularly a feeling person because when we were talking about that, mm. I said, but the facts aren't always real. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> you, facts aren't necessarily facts. I sound like Donald Trump now. But do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> someone can, I, I always look at politics and I think I love the way they can them both argue about something something that's like the same situation but they're both coming at it from, you know, the left and the right Mm. and that's the same sort of thing that there can be one situation and there's never, ever one story about what actually happened. There's all the interpretations of the people who have experienced that situation Mm. and, yeah, it's not right or wrong. And this is why we need in politics, in organisations, we need people of all types to offer a balanced perspective whereas what we tend to see is Again, a lot of the same types congregating together mm. in organisations and politics. Doesn't that so, work well? <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's not so good. So to, to get a really good outcome, you know, so the, the the sensing and the intuition, the thinking and the feeling of the cognitive function. So you really need to have someone whose dominant preference is sensing, intuition, thinking, and feeling for different people to get a really good outcome. That can all so agree to get along. If you are in a you know knowing this and being able to understand yourself better, yeah, I guess you can moving forward, make sure that you position yourself in a job that you're going to be good at, that you can actually succeed in. But what happens if you're not in that position? You know, how can you use this this information to allow yourself to move forward? So it's also being mindful that if your preference, you know, around your preference, and there is research and studies to show, I mean, it doesn't matter what your preference is, you can do whatever job you want. There's 
you know, I've seen and experienced that for nearly 20 years. However, you will find that there's careers that certain types gravitate towards. So again, if you're like an in and a, a, a big picture kind of person, it's unlikely you're going to be in a very sort of detail structured because you're an NFP. So what was continue, sorry, with the thinking and feeling. The last one is judging and perceiving. So how you order your world. So judging isn't they're judgmental. It's they like structure, routine, you know, they, they keep to-do lists, schedules, things are planned well in advance. So there's qu- quite a lot of structure in their lives. And again, we all are judging. We all have to have a certain amount of structure in our lives mm. to get by, to get to work, etc. Whereas, And so judging people are motivated by the outcome. So here's a goal and they'll work steadily to get there. Now, perceiving people... Um, Which is what you and I but, are. Both mm-hmm. of you are. Um, are a bit more spontaneous. They like to keep things open and, and possibilities and they'll get there in the end if they decide they want to finish it and they'll <laughs> finish it if it's, import- <laughs> if it's important. Yep. Um, so the perceiving type is more living in the moment and just sort of see what happens and, you know, it will all. they're not in a rush to get closure, to get something finished off, whereas a judging person is motivated by the process and that's done. Mm. That's so ticked off the list. In a working situation, that would be fairly clear, wouldn't it? The differences it is. in and those so, preferences? It, it can be. And so interestingly, I think in the workplaces today, which I think is in contributing to a lot of stress for people, is that um, what probably, because businesses used to be run probably more strategically, less reactive and mm. so on, if you were a J, you probably could organise your day, your week and so on and knew what was happening to a degree. We live in a very reactive work environment now, so a lot of Js are forced to behave like Ps, which is very stressful. So if you like to know what's happening and then each day things are shifted and moved around and you know what, if you talk to a J person um, who has things changed on them all the time, it is really, really disheartening for them. They get really, you know, it ruins the day. Mm. Um, a P, you can change things on them. It's okay, okay, I'll find the next opportunity or I'll slot something else in. So if you, if you look at how workplaces are designed at the moment and how things are, as I said, so reactive, um, it's it's very hard. And I've even, you know, done training with groups and they'll be like, there'll be a lot of J's in the group. And I'll be like, you don't behave like J's. They behave like P's. They'll even say, I'm acting like a P, aren't I? Because <laughs> of the environment. So it's very, what happens is if you're working against your preferences, it's really, really hard work and exhausting, mm. and you're not going to get the the satisfaction um, from the job, are you? If it's all just difficult and too hard, and it's not what you want to be doing. I think having that awareness changes things. Though, like I was the child at school that would get in trouble for talking all the time. Yeah, so you were talking through probably what was going on to make sense. Correct, but mm. if having that perspective, so I just spent a lot of time feeling really guilty, like I was in trouble for doing the wrong thing all mm. the time. But if we have that awareness around ourselves, we can know that mm. that we need to do that. Say, as an yeah. example, you have to go up to your physics teacher and go. Actually, I'm allowed to speak because no. this is the way I'm working but it I out. Think, I think knowing. <laughs> that you can then have the awareness well actually for me to work this out I probably mm. need to talk it through yes. and when's an appropriate time to do that mm. not just speaking because it's you know you can mm. I think you know there's these little bits that we can bring in it's actually just awareness at the end of the day it is and it's as I said it's a wonderful self-awareness tool around how we prefer to operate and then being mindful of how others prefer to operate in this world and knowing how we can be more flexible in our interactions with them so you know if your partner or your boss at work is an introvert, just constantly, and and they're 
an, you know, an, e, an ISTJ and you're an ENFP and you're Which is constantly opposite. coming at them with chatting about things and wanting to talk things through and your ideas and this <laughs> and that. And, <laughs> and when they sort of keep trying to what feels like shut you down, which it isn't, it's just like you need to sort of negotiate how you like to work and have a better understanding around how you work, then it, it minimises a lot of miscommunication that we often have around people, like they're, they're not listening to us, they're, they're putting my idea down. It's like maybe you haven't presented in a way that makes sense for them. Mm. They can't see your ideas. I so had this exact scenario at work and we had to come up with something where the one of them had to have a, like a safe word, like a code <laughs> word. <laughs> for you? Not for me. No, no, oh. I stayed out of this. I yeah. don't know. No, it was two staff members. But, yeah, yeah right. one would talk and, you know, need mm. to process stuff and the other one was like, oh, my goodness. So she would, it was something like, I can't even remember what the word was. There was a word and mm. it just meant, you know what? Chocolate. Yeah, it was like a, yeah. And this is where um, type language is quite good too because you can say, look, I know, you, you know you're extroverting a lot at the moment and I really need my downtime. So it's also a way that you can, it's not, a, it's not that there's good or bad behaviour and rather than saying someone's in, in annoying you or irritating, mm. it's actually just how you're either making decisions or providing information isn't working for me. Can can we look at how that can make more sense? I think it is very difficult too to know that stuff about yourself. But having gone through this and reading, because um, you've given us some information about all of the, you different know. Different types. Yeah. yeah, different types and how you behave under stress and, you know, what happens at work and what kind of careers you're interested in as that personality type. And it's fascinating because it's all, it just rings true. Um, but I think without that, awareness and being able to go, like I said about the physics teacher, I used to get in trouble every <laughs> every physics class because our teacher would get up and say, you just talk mm. the whole time. <laughs> but that, but I that, think I was processing it. It's how you're processing it. So, and this is where I think, you know, in education and in workplaces, we need to be more mindful of how we design um, the environments and, and how we structure interactions mm. and so on to cater for all types. So, for example, look at all the open plan offices. Oh, yeah. You know, for an introvert, I, one of my <laughs> colleagues, old colleagues, he's actually, they were in, we were in offices and then they got moved to an open plan area. He's sort of built out of a whiteboard and boxes his <laughs> own because, he, you know, he's an introvert. But so he's tr- but to try and create his own sort of pseudo office mm. because it's really uncomfortable for introverts to be surrounded by extroverts that are, you know, constantly it, talking people and coming and going. And, I think it's uncomfortable for everybody, well, actually. I was going to say, I don't... And then they never have enough meeting rooms for people to have meetings, so, you know, it all, all ends up um, in chaos. But but just being mindful, and we were talking, actually, about um, my virtual pair, who's amazing, and she ha- she still does what she does, which she's amazing at completing things, <laughs> <laughs> organising, yes. um, and she is quite good because she's she's you know she she leverages both the N and the S very well I think so I can talk to her about ideas and she's she's um, you know she's she doesn't you, freak out no no so she's very good um, but she worked in big companies and she oh, for some years now she's worked from home and she's an introvert and she loves it because mm. she gets what she loves to she gets to do what she loves to do in an environment that works for her mm. so she doesn't have to worry about all the other interactions and. Um, with people in the politics and all the rest of it, she just she just loves it. She said she couldn't go back. So that's where I guess the e, you know working in a very extroverted and she worked in big companies where it was very mm. busy people coming mm. in for senior people. It was you know people all the time. Um, so just changing that part of her type and moving into an environment that worked better for her increased her her happiness a gazillion. That's brilliant, fold. I love mm. it. It's like a it's like a 
a ticket that says you're okay and mm. what you like is yes, okay. It's okay, yes. 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 How good is that though? It's yeah. okay. So I guess um, I mean, you you will do this on a one-on-one basis, mm-hmm. but what would be the first point of call for anybody that was interested in finding out what their personality type was? Yep. So um, there's be looking for an accredited. Um, mm, provider to deliver the assessment. There is so stuff online. There isn't is there, there's but stuff online, and look, that's sort of okay. But a lot of it is, um, well, it's actually unethical to um, provide type feedback without training in the tools mm-hmm. and the proper tools. As you would have seen, you you got a prop. You went online and completed uh, a, an assessment, which is being developed and redeveloped. You know, from the original tool uh, over a hundred years, you, you get a report, and then you also need to actually talk with mm. it about about someone. So those tools online aren't, I mean, they're okay, but part of the power of it is actually having a chance to have a discussion and look at how that works in your world and what's going on. And often um, you might do it online and it's maybe not your type. So what was the state of mind when you were doing it? Sometimes people type as who they'd like to be. Oh, okay, yes. Or it could be Mm. very culturally influenced. So um, get a lot of training with people who, when you actually talk to them, their type is very different to what the report said, but it's because they, when they did the assessment, they did it because, you know, thinking of their mindset and their job and their parents want them to be an accountant and they work in accounting, so I'm going to type as that. But actually you discover they've got this whole other life and, Mm. you know, they're very creative and they love landscaping and all these other things (laughs) and that's who they really are. But to conform... To sort of cultural norms and things like that, they've um, they've ticked the boxes they thought they the should. Yeah, so um, it can often be quite interesting how, how yeah. people can think they're something that mm. they're not, what they want to be, as opposed mm. to how people experience them. Yeah. Okay, so we need to look for an accredited um, type trainer. So it could be on the Majors or the Myers Briggs Personality Type Indicator. So you, often career coaches or some psychologists, but I'd make sure it was a psychologist who was accredited in type because some mm-hmm. years ago any psychologist could run training in the tool without the background. And I think you really, it is quite a specific mm. um, tool. Yeah. yeah. Um, and what's your website um, if we want to get in touch with you? Sure. Um, so it's diversitas, D-I-V-E-R-S-I-T-A-S dot com dot au. There you go. That one was a bit Easy. tricky when you thought that Easy one Easy when you spell it, it out. Mm. Yeah. Thank yes, you. absolutely. Wow. And um, would you like to share what yours is? I am an ENTP. Okay, so what does that mean? You're extroverted. extroverted. Yes. Intuitive. Yes. Thinking. Thinking. And perceiving. Okay, so mm. you're, the only difference between you and us is that the way you like to the structure. Thinking, the feeling. Mm. No thinking, feeling. Mm, the thinking and feeling is the difference. Ah, okay. So you, you two are the F and I'm the T. Okay. There you go. Mm. Yeah. See, I like that about Kelly because sometimes I'll have a cup of tea with her and she'll say, you need to do blah, 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 blah. And I think, mm. yeah, I do. That's right. She's <laughs> spot on there. Going to so, take that away with me and say thank you very much. <laughs> so, Cecilia, how do you feel about wrapping up this podcast? <sighs> I feel like it's really hard. I don't know how to find the end. What do we do? <laughs> There's no structure. There is no structure. So well, there is. Part of it, I think, with happiness at work is, I'll go back to the beginning, is really giving yourself time and permission to think about what would happiness at work look like mm. to you? What mm. would it look and feel like? And, you know, thinking about the things you love doing, the kind of people you love being around, um, thinking about your values, and then you might also do some work around your type. So to get happiness at work, we actually have to make the choice and commitment to create it rather than just assume it's a given that 
sort mm. of happiness just drops in our laps when it comes to the mm. work. And also that Good. you can take some control over Correct. it because I think it's very easy if you've got a boss that you don't get along with particularly or you have trouble understanding their decision-making process because they're one of the other mm-hmm. 15, uh, 16 personality types. Um, I think being able to put the onus back on you and saying, okay, well, there are some things that I can do. Correct. And just looking inward, that's a bit tricky sometimes. It is looking inward. It's uncomfortable, <laughs> but it's really rewarding. Yeah. Mm. On that note, do you know how to end? No. Go on. I'm not a finisher either. No, I'm a starter. You are a starter. Mm -hmm. But what I can say is we've had a lovely time speaking to you, Kelly, so thank you for joining us today. And for anyone who wants more information, it'll be in the show notes. And the other thing I love to say is that please take a few seconds to rate the podcast Mm because that makes us... As happy. extroverts, very happy. Extremely very, very, very happy. <laughs> validation is We fantastic. want the validation. I want someone to say, that's another whole conversation about love languages maybe. Love um, languages. Yes, yes. Oh. Well, there's a lot of not love languages out there on the internet, so I think it's nice that our our um, ratings place is a place that I, you go for nice things. I think they're called trolls. Mm. We, we stay I don't away want from to them. say that. Yeah, we stay away from them. Anyway, we love a rating. We love five stars. It keeps us happy, but we'd also love to hear from you if there's anyone that you would like us to feature please do get yeah. in touch you can email us natcarangudas.com uh, yes. or cecilia.ramsdalevoice.com yes and until next time we know this podcast we feel that this podcast <laughs> will it's <laughs> <laughs> left you feeling happier healthier and, and better better see ya bye